0: Uh, What? Yeah, we're going to be a faith walker. We're starting a new series, and we're looking at basically when Jesus told his disciples to go to the other side, they got in the boat, and we're going to be dealing with that particular story and seeing over these next uh, studies, looking at being a faith walker. How can we do that? What's this going to take to be a faith walker? Today, we're going to start out by looking at what is faith? Faith, well, you know, that's something that you trust God and, uh, and you believe in Him and uh, all of that stuff. Well, that's part of it. Let's get the definition of faith from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith, right now. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, what does it mean by substance? Let's put it to you this way. Now, faith is the realization of things hoped for. In other words, faith gets into the realization of the supernatural kingdom of God to bring it into our lives in the natural. It's real. Faith sees the reality of what's in the kingdom of God. Faith is the realization of things hoped for and is the confidence of things not seen. In other words, I know that I know that I know. It's there and I have faith that God will always provide for me. He'll always have what's needed in my life. I'm going to walk in faith and I'm going to trust Him. I got confidence in Him to bring it to pass in my life. So, um, faith, um, it, excuse me, is a realization. It's, it's something that's real. And it's the confidence. I have confidence in what God says He will do. Alright, and with that in mind, we're going to look at being a faith walker. Let's look in Matthew chapter 14 and look at verses 22 through 24. You there? Say Amen. Amen. Okay. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multi, while he sent the multitudes away, he'd been teaching and preaching, and uh, so now he you he, all leave sending my disciples across to the other side. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So, Jesus tells them something to do. When Jesus speaks, what is he doing? He is saying, out of obligation to duty to me. Excuse me. <clears throat> My voice is giving up. Let me drink some water here. Maybe that will help. Ah, yes. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> when Jesus speaks, he's saying, you, uh, out of obligation to duty to me, get in the boat and go to the other side. When Jesus speaks, it also may be a trial for your life as to something might happen in your life that you need to learn. So, Jesus tells them, y'all get in the boat, go to the other side. So, they get in and go to the other side. Now, one thing we have to see here, he did not say go halfway and come back. No, he said, go all the way to the other side. He didn't say, stop in the middle, turn around, come back. I want you to go all the way to the other side. I want you to go to the other side. Now, who is Jesus? Who is really speaking here? (laughs) Well, that's what we want to find out here. Let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. For by Him, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or, or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. So, Jesus is the Creator. With when Jesus is speaking, the Creator is speaking. That's very important here in this story. That we see Jesus as the Creator. All things were created by Him, in Him, and for Him. So when He speaks, He's just not doing some idle talk like, Oh, how are you doing today, uh, Uh, has a uh, oh did did you see the basketball game last night Uh, did you hear the news on that no Jesus doesn't say those things every time he says something it's going to be important it has a purpose behind it so when he tells his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side there's a purpose in what he is saying he's saying that's going to create something in them that they need at this time in their life. And that's what Jesus does with us, isn't he? So, he He created all things. You know what came to me when I was looking at this story? He created the lake. He created the sea that they were on. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah, he was the creator of the sea that was on. there what? so when he creates something, what happens? Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. You can turn that with me. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. Upholding all things by the word of His power. So, He not only has created all things, he is upholding all things by the word of his power. So, uh, there's, there's no accident that's happening when he tells them to get in the boat and go to the other side. So, you must remember there who you are dealing with when he tells you to do something. So, here's what you need to remember. You must remember who Jesus is. Now, Peter later on confesses Jesus as the Son of God, but he wasn't quite thinking about who Jesus is in the midst of this storm. He's gotten caught up into the natural, and we're going to look at that even further in further studies. But he he's not thinking about Jesus, the Creator, the Son of God, has told us to go to the other side, and that's what we're gonna do. And guess what? We will get to the other side because he said it. No, he's not thinking about that. But we must think about who Jesus is. When we when he tells us to do something, we we have confessed, I assume you have, confessed Jesus as the Son of God. He made him Lord and, and Savior in your life. You've received him for what he's done for you on the cross. And you've confessed him. Jesus is the Son of God. So my mindset should be on the fact uh, that I know who Jesus is. He's just not another prophet. He's just not another teacher. He is the Son of God. So when we're in the midst of a storm, we need to think about who Jesus is. In other words, the storm can overcome us to the fact That we may not under, oh, what am I going to do now type thing. No, we need to think about Jesus. Jesus said, I'm to go to the other side. Now, if he said that, then it's going to take place. And I know who Jesus is because I'm his disciple. I've been following him. So I have an experience with him. In that experience, I need to remember the past miracles that took place that I was involved with. I, as an individual who follows Jesus even today, I need to understand the, what He's done for me already in my life. Let, let's let's see some examples of what the disciples would know. Just prior to this, in the scripture in Matthew, we have the feeding of the five thousand. Wow. Can you imagine trying to feed 5,000 plus, uh, women and children? Oh, yeah, I would say that probably at least 10,000, you know, uh, maybe more. But here you are, and all you have is, uh, well, all we got is two little fishes and, and we got some bread, five loaves of bread. And what's that among so many? And Jesus tells them, well, give it to me. And when you give it to Jesus, he can do something with it. So, give what you have to Jesus. He multiplied it and fed them all and had 12 baskets left over. So, yeah, I remember one time when he supplied everything that I needed in my life. And it didn't seem like I had anything. See, you can remember that that He performed a miracle in your life. Remember those things that He did. Uh, What else also? Uh, Over in uh, Mark chapter uh, 4, verses uh, 35 and following, uh, Jesus said, now let's cross over to the other side, but this time, Jesus is in the boat. And also a storm comes up. I tell you, and you're following Jesus, This seems like a storm comes up sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, it could happen. And so what happens? Jesus is down in the boat sleep, And the disciples get all upset and, and come, Jesus, Jesus, we're going to drown here. Can't you do something? He gets up and says, oh, wind, uh, cease. And the wind stops. And he turns around to the disciples and say, Oh, you little faith, heck, how come you didn't do this? So they remember at one time, even when Jesus was in the boat, He stilled the storm. So, you know, have you remember sometimes in the past when Jesus stilled the storm in your life? He was right there with you? Yeah. You see, we have got to remember all these things that Jesus has done for us in our life. Uh, over in Second Timothy... Paul tells Timothy to do that same thing. Second Timothy, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Paul remembering the faith that Timothy has, which dealt first in your grandmother Lois and the mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Timothy, I'm, going, I'm reminding you to remember that this faith was in your, your grandmother and in your mother. And I, I see that it's in you. So I want you to remember you have faith in you. And I want you to stir that, that, that gift in you. I want you to stir it up so you can be in ministry. Sometimes we have to be reminded to remember. You know, because sometimes we get caught up in a storm that everything's going haywire, and Jesus said, listen, I want you to remember what I've done for you in the past. And Sometimes I've sat down and done that. I have literally sat down in my quiet time and thought about, gosh, Jesus carried me through that. Uh, Jesus brought me through that ordeal. Uh, Gosh, in that situation, a miracle took place. He, He provided that. Even when I didn't have any money, He provided all the education that I needed. Golly! See, we need to remember because there are going to times when we're going to be asked to go to the other side and a storm may come up and we need to remember who Jesus is and remember what He's done for us in the past. Well, so what does God expect us to do in all this? What does God expect of us? I mean, golly, golly. We're just human beings anyway. How can he expect us to do anything? First of all, we need to. he's going to expect us to do better. In other words, we're not going to stay where we are in our faith. We're going to grow in our faith. We need to grow in our faith every single day of our life. We're not just going to camp out and say, okay, I finally reached it. No, you haven't. You haven't reached everything that God wants you to have or wants you to be in your life. So therefore, He is expecting us to do better. Do better. And He's always expecting His disciples to do better because He's always done. how come you didn't do this? How come you didn't heal that person? How come you got upset when that storm came? He's always expecting us to do better in our life so that we can have an even keel, walk through this life, no matter what happens, storms will come, but we'll get to the other side. And we know how to get through the storm. Okay? Also, we must learn how to maintain our faith in the storm. In other words, I'm not going to depend on what I think needs to get done, I'm going to depend on my faith in Jesus. I'm going to trust in Him. He's going to show me what to do. He's going to show me how to overcome this storm. He's going to bring to light. He's going to give me the wisdom and knowledge necessary for me to not only handle this storm, but to come through it in victory. Hallelujah. Because you see, He says we are overcomers. Wow, we are. Yeah. Uh He expects us to be that in 1 John chapter 5. Let me get over there. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Hey, you're, uh, you're, you're born of God? Yes. Uh, yep. Say amen. Hallelujah. So, God says, if you're born of God, you overcome the world. Wow. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Yeah, the faith that we have. You see, we've been given a measure of faith. And and, and we grow in that faith. So, our faith overcomes what's happening in the world today, no matter what you hear on the news, it should not affect you. You're overcoming it. It goes on and says, Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You see, that's what we said. That's one thing we need to remember. That Jesus is the Son of God. And if he's the Son of God, which he is, then I overcome the world. Because I believe in Him. I believe in something greater than what's happening in the world. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. So therefore, uh, all this disease and stuff that's happening in the world, no problem. I'm, I'm an overcomer. All this turmoil that may be happening in In government, no problem. I'm an overcomer. See, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, I am an overcomer. What happens in the world? No problem. I'm not going to let it overcome. I'm in this world, but I'm certainly not of it. I'm not going to think like the world. I'm going to think like Jesus. I am an overcomer in this world. Hallelujah. And you need to see yourself as that. Get up in the morning. Rise up and look in the mirror. Hey, good morning, overcomer. How you doing? That well would, that would shake your the pieces. Who? what, me? Yeah, you're talking to yourself. Sometimes you need to do that. You need to convince yourself who you are. Who God sees you as. You're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Well, my gosh. What in the world? Therefore, in order for me to be an overcomer, in order for me to have the faith that I need, I need to meditate on what Jesus has promised. Uh, Did He not say to His disciples, Go to the other side. That's His promise. He didn't say that hoping they might make it. He didn't say that, maybe they will, I'm not quite sure. No, He said, go to the other side. When that happens, He's already promised that you're going to get there. You're going to get to the other side. So we got to meditate on God's promises. On God's promises. We have to get into the Word. So that takes a, a little effort. I've got to get into this uh, Word here and I begin to look at what He's promised. Some say there's 6,000, some say 7,000 promises of God. Whoa! And He is always faithful to perform His Word. What He has promised, He will do. So, I must find out what He's promised. And then... Oh, oh! Okay, that's that same saying is coming up in my mind again. If you're always getting ready, you'll be ready. So I'm going to get ready to know what the promises are before I hit the storm. And then when the storm comes, I'll be ready. I'll have the promise and I can walk in as an overcomer in the storm to get to the other side. See, don't wait for the storm to come. Oh, I wonder what God promises about this. I wonder... Don't, No, you'll go haywire doing it. Take time each and every day to look at what God has promised and meditate on that. Get it into your system. Talk to yourself. Say it to yourself. Get it into your innermost being. For then when you do, when time comes, when the Holy Spirit has got it in there, He says He'll bring it to your remembrance, what you need. Yeah, He'll always do that. But you can't bring to your remembrance what you ain't already put in. Okay? Got to get it in, and then you can get it out. What's in your heart will come out. What's in your heart, the mouth will speak. So are you going to be speaking the storm, or are you going to be speaking the promise of God? I'm going to speak the promise of God, because the storm, that's not going to benefit me at all. I'm going to make sure that I know what He's promised in order for me to get through the other side. Jesus said, "Jesus said, I'm going to get to the other side. That's His promise for me. And if He said it, that's going to happen. Hallelujah. Well, so I got to remember that everything in creation must bow its knee to Jesus. Yeah, even the storm. That's in creation, isn't it? <laughs> uh, never thought of a storm hand on the knee, but everything in creation must bow to Jesus. Uh, over in Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. Let's get there. Philippians chapter two. We're gonna start with verse nine. Mm-hmm. Isn't this is exciting. When we get through all this learning of being a faith walker, you're going to find out the storm, so what? So what? Man, what's the storm? Nothing. All right. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and following. Therefore God also highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name that's above every name, Okay? So, everything that's named, Jesus' name is above it. Alright? At that name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things on the earth, of things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I right. Storm. You're under the name of Jesus. Jesus is greater in that storm. All right, what else, what else can you name? Uh, well, in today's uh, society here in uh, 2021, we're still dealing with COVID-19, this virus. Well, that, that's a name, isn't it? Yeah. That name, Jesus' name is above that name. That disease must bow to the name of Jesus. Um, how about cancer? Yeah, cancer is the name. That cancer must bow to the name of Jesus. How about uh, fear? Uh, yeah, that fear must bow to the name of Jesus. How about anxiety? Uh, yeah, that must bow to the name of Jesus. Everything that's named here in this creation must bow to the name of Jesus. So what can you think of? What kind of storm are you facing? What's going through your life? Whatever that is must bow to the name of Jesus. So, I've always encouraged people if you can't have any prayer in the midst of the storm, just say Jesus. 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 And eventually, that storm will get the hint <laughs> that it must bow. <laughs> because the Word says that everything that's named must bow. Everything that's named is underneath the name of Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. So, hallelujah. What are you facing today? Whatever you're facing today, you must step out in faith and believe Jesus is right there and in Jesus you are the overcomer. So, our question that we'll be dealing with, will you be a faith walker and get to the other side. We're going to be dealing with this more and more. And I encourage you to listen to this series because it's going to strengthen you. It has meant a lot to me. I'm in the process of going through this myself and studying this. Uh, I've, I've just beginning to study it and I, I've gone through uh, three, three of the teachings and, and I put together that the Holy Spirit has given me and as more than that. So I encourage you uh, hallelujah! To watch, take it in. Uh, I'm uh, preaching this in the church that I serve in Monroe, Georgia, and as and I want you to do the same thing that one lady does. She sits in the back, and and she takes notes. Yeah, she actually takes notes during the sermon. As a matter of fact, as One Sunday, she walked out and said, Frank, I took two pages of notes today. (laughs) I mean, that's what she does. She'll take it home with her. Why? So she can meditate on it, internalize it, to where it becomes not only a part of her life, it becomes her life. So I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. Take notes, listen, allow this to become your life To walk by faith and not by sight. Walk according to what Jesus says and not according to what's happening in the world today. When you do, you'll find out that you will overcome every situation that you will face. I believe these situations come into our lives as an opportunity for us to grow. Yeah. To grow in our faith with God. To grow in every situation. See, the devil will want to put storms in our lives, but God's using them to help us to grow. Hallelujah. God says this devil will come to kill, steal, and destroy, but he has sent Jesus to give us abundant life. So, What do you want to live in? The storm that's going to kill, steal, or destroy? Or are you going to live in the abundant life? Be a faith walker. Make up your mind right now, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm not going to allow the storms of life to control me. So let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you. We're going to make a commitment right there. We're going to present ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service. And we're not going to be conformed to this world, but we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may know what is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.